Senior Center Commission meeting of July 20th, 2023. It's 4.02 p.m. And we're gonna get rolling because it's gonna be a nice full meeting. So first things first, introductions. I'm gonna start, work my, work, we can work our way down and around to Bob, end up at Bob. So I am Angela McConville. I'm the Senior Center Commission Chair this year and last year and the year before <laughs> and the year before and the year before. Um, <laughs> But I love it. It's okay. Um, I am the county representative on the group. So you guys choose one person from the county t to satisfy that requirement. One, the one person that doesn't live in Iowa City. I live in Oxford. So that's me. I work for the city of North Liberty. Lee McKnight. I'm retired. And uh, I enjoy senior center activities. Warren Paris, and I'm a longtime resident of Iowa City, more than 70 years, and I've been active in the senior center and looking forward to other activities that are coming up. Jay Gilchrist, a longtime resident of the United States, but uh, Iowa City only the past couple of years. Nancy Strogny, um, oh, <laughs> Nancy Strogny, I'm a resident of Iowa City uh, for 35 years. I'm Susan Melliker. Um, I'm a lifetime resident of Iowa City, and I'm not going to say how many years that is. Um, I'm s retired from full-time work, but I work part-time for the uh, Iowa City Community School District. Latasha Delove, staff. Kristen Crumry, staff. Tasha Lara, business owner. Bob Undeed, I'm the executive director of Trail of Johnson County, and also the chair of the uh, Livable Community for Successful Aging. Uh, board of hmm. Johnson County. Nice. All right. Introductions. We don't have anybody in the audience today. So we'll move on to agenda item number two minutes of the June 15th, 2023 meeting. I'm assuming everybody got to review those. I would take a motion to approve the minutes. So moved. Second. A second. All approved. Say aye. 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 Anybody not approved? Say nay. All right. Those pass. Um, n agenda item number three, public discussion for items not on the agenda. This is, would mean we would invite people from the public up to speak and bring up something, but there is no one here. So we're gonna move on to agenda item number four, trail presentation. We have Bob Unteat here from trail. Thank you for your time today. And um, I think, you know, the, the one of the things I wanna emphasize is uh, uh, just the support that the city of Iowa City has given trail from its very beginning in terms of space, you know, both use of rooms when we need to have meetings and also the, the shared space that we have with um, the um, director of the, the Senior Center Foundation is uh, greatly appreciated and has made a lot of difference in terms of our sustainability. And we just appreciate, you know, being here and the, um, the assistance that uh, Michelle especially has given us in the, the near founding of trail and 
and programming that continues. So that uh, I think is uh, important to emphasize. I apologize for my innovation in stapling, but if you look at your second page, we're, what we'll do today is do a brief trail history. Um, uh, we actually have an origin story that's a little bit longer that I give to uh, new members and volunteers, but we'll get that. Some services from the beginning um, of, of trail and then uh, later some, some additional stuff that we've added. One quick story, um, I hope some cool charts that you like and then uh, time for comments and questions. So if we go to our next uh, slide. Um, and I'll, I, I'm not going to make a habit of reading stuff, but I, I like reading origin stories. So once upon a time, four good friends of a certain age, all living within a few blocks of one another in Iowa City's historic north side neighborhood, gathered on a cold January night. Their talk turned to concerns about aging and the difficulty of maintaining their older homes. Homes, what can we do to maintain our independence and our connections, they wondered, and who can we rope into helping us? Well. Um, not included here, but, but uh, the, the, they uh, did some other research, they spoke to other people, they found that there were two other groups of seniors just retiring that were asking the same sort of questions. And eventually they got a grant from the University of Iowa Retirees Association to join um, an, a national organization called the Village to Village Network, which is a, a group of uh, dozens of organizations around the, the country, there are only two in Iowa, um, that support one another in, uh, in, in doing services like what TRAIL does. Um, they, they, um, they actually were given a mentor organization in Madison that was called SAIL, and I forgot what the acronym stands for, but we, we took from them, um, uh, you know, we, we riffed off that to create TRAIL, which is Tools and Resources for Active Independent Living. And with the support of the Senior Center again in providing space, we opened for business in 2017. And if we go to beginning trail services, as these founders hired excellent staff, <laughs> I, I emphasize founders because I wasn't there, but um, Susan was. So um, their initial services were essentially first uh, social and educational programming. And this has been, um, uh, improved on here and there, but is essentially the same from its beginning. Um, it involves all, all sorts of things. About a quarter of what members find in our members-only calendar is interesting offerings from the broader community. I remember in the third or fourth month of my tenure here, I started in November of 2020, uh, we heard with uh, hundreds of other people from around the community uh, a presentation that the University of Iowa Dean of the College of Medicine gave on vaccine creation. So we do make an effort to connect to the broader community in, in ways that are interesting. But also, um, there is a monthly meeting at one of our members' home with nine people of the social educational programming where they uh, find interesting stuff to do. and. Um, uh, one of those, uh, you'll look on the next page, is just a picture of our visit to the Frank Lloyd Wright House in Quasquiton, um that's in Buchanan County, Iowa. And I, I think the social e um, uh, educational programming of our, what, 250 members generally average eight to 15 in attendance, and that'll vary from one, one to another. Day trips are normally five to 10. Most recently, we took um, eight people to the Van Gogh exhibit in Davenport last month, and I added on a, a free benefit that no one anticipated. I graduated from Durant High School. Um, on the way out to Davenport, 
we encountered a traffic jam uh, on the other side of the highway going toward Iowa City that, that at one point we measured nine miles long. Mm -hmm. And we were afraid that, that it might have continued when we were done in Iowa City, so we took Highway 6 back. And that will get you, if you do that, between Davenport and here, through Durant, Iowa, where I went to high school. We took a two-block detour just to see the high school and then got back on the road and left. So the benefits of trail are more than you think. <laughs> um, other beginning trail services included volunteer support services, and those will be the trail, the, the I'm sorry, the charts that you'll see uh, shortly. But we, we began, I think, uh, maybe a year or two after, um, a medical advocacy program with a limited amount of training for, for a limited number of volunteers. It basically is that, you know, if, if I'm going to a doctor and I want any kind of support, somebody just to hear the same information, but but think of other questions or that I can talk to. You know, I, you might be a volunteer and I'll ask you to come with me and you just give me that, that sort of engagement while we're chatting with Dr. Melliker, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but we also do small yard projects. Sometimes those become projects that volunteers need to say, oh, I'll do this much, but not much more because we'll get requests for like total landscaping or whatever. Um, IT support, um, we had a 80 something uh, year old member the other day who got a new iPad and wanted to get that started. So we had a, a volunteer that went out and just helped her get it going, you know, get it set up. And a lot, um, currently around 70% of everything that we do is transportation uh, to, to and from medical appointments or grocery stores or even lunch at a restaurant. Um, and, and that all happens monthly at trail. So the volunteer support services are, are exemplified those ways. And then we started with, with um, a vendor program that uh, involved a committee of people that spent dozens of hours contacting plumbers and electricians and handymen and others and asking them for letters of reference from customers and for, and for uh, proof of certification and insurance. So it was a lot of work on the part of people. During the pandemic, that committee kind of dissolved. And we also found um, in subsequent research focused on um, just uh, adult day uh, services that um, the, the challenges uh, uh, toward the later end of the pandemic and afterwards of maintaining, uh, you know, employment uh, with, with service providers was so uncertain that we, we kind of put a, 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 a pause on this and we're now looking in the fall to maybe uh, redo the recommended vendor service through more of a, a shared membership um, chat room of sorts. So. We're, we're, we're redoing that, but there was, there, you know, there was a lot of turnover of staff and hiring issues um, that, that affected the ability of, of Trail to really make recommendations that made sense. So we're revising that vendor program, which has never been a core reason why people, we've done annual surveys for four or five years, and that's never been used by more than 10 to 15% of our members. But one quick story, Madeline, not her real name. Madeline was a member for, of Trail for two, from 2019 to 22 when she died. She had been a loyal uh, UI women's basketball fan for years before, before it became popular. She was there um, and needed a lot of Trail volunteer service, especially in the last two years of her life. One volunteer 
who was then a 26-year-old woman, who became a regular support, a regular volunteer for, for Madeline. And they started going to UI women's basketball games together and became close friends. A few months before her passing, she requested of Trail a ride every day for six weeks for bariatric oxygen treatments. And this was a period of Trail's life when our, our volunteer service, uh, monthly volunteer service, was something between 30 and 40 requests a month. So she was really going to, uh, I mean, essentially double the number of requests. There was a measure of nervousness, but people really stepped up. And within a couple of weeks of that, six weeks of requests, um, we had those, those uh, requests filled. So she, she was able to not even worry about the future of getting that stuff done. It really is, a, a, I, I think that one story is just to say the heart of the service of trail is grounded in a core of about five dozen volunteers and they really make a difference in people's lives. So, But it, it is one of literally thousands of examples if you look at every service we've done in the last few years that um, it's the way that trail preserves independence and helps people. Supported memberships, where we're going next. Um, Beginning in 2022, uh, Trail began a program called Supported Memberships. It was then based on a sliding fee scale that related to area median income, which was a little bit complicated. Um, but it, but we, we looked at reducing the cost of, of membership to Trail uh, based on the income of new members it was a sliding fee scale. But currently, we've simplified things. If we have 30 supported members, and we now, to make it easier for everyone, offer free memberships to households making $34,000 a year or less, or individuals making $32,000 a year or less. There, there's, a, there's a cost to that. I mean, there's a, we, we essentially have um, uh, the Community Foundation of Johnson County and Midwest One Bank have been supporters of, of, of us, in particular, around that supported membership program. Um, and then also uh, additional funds come from just the membership fees of wealthier uh, members of TRAIL. So mm -hmm. we, we wanted to make that, that clean. We, when, when it was first started, there was conversation and we, we had some agreement on the part of supportive members that they wanted to give something. So it initially was a $10 membership fee. But we've just found that in, in looking at grants and stuff, if we absolutely make it free, it's just easier for, for some number of funders to understand. It's like, well, we don't want to support membership organizations. Okay, we're giving free service to you know a decent number of members. And this is well above the poverty level, but, but still it is, um, it is reflective that uh, a decent number of households in, in a place that you know, this is above average cost of living. Um, $32,000 is not a lot of money to be making in, in Johnson County. So we're recognizing that too. And also in late 2021, two members of TRAIL, Joy Smith and Maggie Elliott, proposed a new program for us that we call Life Transitions. And that now includes, we, we pay uh, a uh, social worker at Oak Knoll named Kaylee Gilmore, about two hours a month as a contract employee to do case management for us. There's probably five volunteers that, that, are, that we've given four hours of training uh, with Kaylee's input um, to do this life transition. And, and it's what life transition means is loosely defined and it's dependent on the member, but it could be that I've fallen and broken <coughs> my hip and I'm gonna spend the next month or two 
you know, needing additional support of a variety of, way, of things, um, and we'll step up for that period. It, it could mean, um, in some cases, what we're finding is that it may not be that necessarily that there's a transition, but there's unmet needs of members. So we, we have one person I'm thinking of in, in particular who um, uh, a, a life transitions volunteer has taken to legal aid to, to uh, get assistance in creating a, a will and other documents of that kind. Um, has worked with the Visiting Nurses Association, I think, to get a limited amount of, of support that way. And uh, they may even be engaged with the Heritage Area Agent, Agency on Aging around uh, more specialized case management that they give. Because I think it's important to recognize that, that TRAIL is a volunteer service thing. And so our boundaries, you know, we can't do everything. but. But it's still, the life transitions thing has become challenging as we're finding, um, you know, we need to be able to, to in, anticipate with, with, uh, with members um, and their, if in some cases, no support system at all. What happens if, if, we're, if we're experiencing some signs of, um, uh, of memory loss or, or things like that? Uh, we can't be a social service organization. But we are finding ways in which we can link people, you know, so that they're safe. Um, and that's the 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 scenario that I just painted is is probably only two or three people currently. But we we worry and we engage with you know other organizations to make sure that um, the care that people need is something that we're connecting them to as well as providing through volunteers. So. That's life transitions. Oh, I wish I, I probably should have uh, done a, a presentation and given you a big PowerPoint slide. But we're looking at the growth of trail now. And if you'll note, essentially from, from th this is memberships. So some of the memberships that we have have two people in them. Household memberships would have two people in them, right? We, we, we at this moment, we have about 255 members that are reflected in 194 memberships, right? And uh, so for a couple years there during the pandemic, our membership, our membership was, was slow um, between 21 and 22, uh, that, that grew meaningfully. And now um, what I would say is that uh, what we find, we have two levels of membership. A, a, an affiliate member just does the social and educational things with us and they can, if they wish, get one volunteer service a year, right? Full members have un unlimited volunteer service requests and access to the, um, the social and educational programming. Um, what we found is that some number of affiliate members, uh, there's a, there's a, it, it's, it's, uh, it's regularly in flux. And some number of those folks are, are moving into uh, um, supportive housing of, of, of various type and they, they end their membership and then we find new members. So, but there is a, a steady and meaningful growth in, in the full membership that, that we have, as well as um, supported members uh, that you know, began just a few years ago. The other thing then, if we go to growth of trail volunteer service, the bar, the bar thing, um, our membership since the third quarter of last, last year, I mean, the, the, the volunteer service we're providing has exploded. Um, whereas it used to be that for any volunteer that was part of TRAIL, you would, you would do on average one or two requests a month. Now we're averaging almost five and a half requests a month per volunteer. And I, I looked at last month's numbers um, of the hundred and, why was it, eight, 
18, I think, requests that we had last month, um, two members provided 32 of those services, and the top six people, volunteers that we had, did about 60% of those services. We, we had 24 volunteers overall, but a, a good number of those just did like two or three, and I think it's a pyramid like happens everywhere in the world, right? But it's just, there's a couple of those folks that we need to, I need to buy them ice cream regularly or something, just to let them know that we don't take them for granted at all. But it really has been significant. If you look at that, at the print there, you know, the monthly averages have gone from, the 2020 obviously things dropped off, but 19 and 21, we were at roughly at 37 requests a month. That doubled in 2022, and we've increased it again by another 50% this year to 113. Um, since March, we haven't had a month under 100 requests, and I think two months ago we did 135. There's been an increase in members who request um, five or more services a month, volunteer services, and then we're increasingly getting requests like that, what I, that I talked about with Madeline, of medical um, cancer treatments or other things that are daily for four weeks or, or so. So um, the volunteers have really stepped up, and, and and there's an increasing, uh, you know, urgency in some of the requests that that we're getting as well. So that's. Did I go too long? No, no, I haven't talked. Perfect. Any uh, reactions or questions? Again, I apologize for the state plan. But How many volunteers do you have now, Bob? Fifty-four, I think, is the last number. But as you know, that that has always been the number I've been least confident in because if if. If I become a volunteer next month, I do three volunteer requests a month for the next four months, and then I take two months off, I'm still a volunteer. Mm -hmm. But we're not necessarily calling people who you know, don't do a request in a month. They, they may call us and say, I'm gone for two weeks on vacation, and then just not show up for the month after. So roughly. What I would say is that it, this year, we have averaged about 28 to 30 or so volunteers who do any service every month in a month so and just so you know i was the volunteer and membership coordinator for trail for almost two years from december uh, from 2019 to early 22 yeah um so worked upstairs in the trail office and so that's why bob keeps <laughs> it's a great organization it's really great what do you see your needs are as they come forward uh, you know, I would say, I would be more comfortable if we had 20 more uh, service volunteers who, who wouldn't need to do five calls a month or one or two or something. I would say that, that, that immediately, that just to share that, that increased demand a bit more would be really helpful. Um, in addition, what nonprofit doesn't need more money, right? You know, we, it, that's, a, that's a question that we have. We, we submitted um, last month, and I have, I have no idea what the likelihood of any of it, uh, any funding coming from it, but we submitted a grant proposal to the Federal Department of Health and Human Services. It took me about 25 hours, and I had four people, including two lawyers, do some editing to it. If that happens, we'll know about it in September, and we would, we would get over an 18-month period um, in total $200,000. That would really help. We also would then have to do something that I proposed about 10 feet from here during my second interview uh, before I was hired at Trail. They, they wanted me to come up with like some 
innovative way of engaging people. I didn't know what that would be, but this is what I made up. Um, and, and I'll tell you also, I acted a little bit to get some research done. So about two years ago, I went to the, the University of Iowa Department of Geography, and I asked them if they could do maps by neighborhood of the percentage of people 60 and older who, who live in each neighborhood, and then color code those. And then also, they did overlay maps that, that include the number of people over 65 who live in poverty, the number of people over 65 in those neighborhoods, by neighborhood, who don't own cars, who own their own homes. And I think there was one other thing that he came up with. I don't know how you identify people over 60, 60 who don't own cars, but they know how to do that. And then they laid them all together. And what I suggested is that what one way that we might try to, to do something different would be um, see if we could pick two blocks and do a door knocking campaign and try to find volunteers and members who live near each other. Mm. So if, if the Health and Human Service uh, grant comes through, we, we've got to do that in at least two neighborhoods in Johnson County. And we may even choose one, like a, a small town like Hills or something like that to, to be one of those places. But. That's a, a maybe sort of future thing, but I would say to answer you most directly, what we need the most is people and money. Other than that, we're just fine. Okay. <laughs> Do you run your transportation seven days a week or just Monday through Friday? Most most um, requests we have are not are not weekend based. I, I and Susan may know this too, but I don't I don't I don't think historically that's been a request. Mm -hmm. We probably could get it done if we had them, but it, it, whatever people make the request, we have a, a system that, that it's a software program that, that the rec your request, if you were a member, would go out to all of our volunteers by uh, an email system, and then whoever you know, claims that first, the, it shuts off the, nobody else can duplicate that, but um, it hasn't happened much, weekends. Have you had to deny rides or say that there wasn't a tr uh, volunteer available? I did a, I did, I researched the first 987 requests of Trails history once, and I found that, that we denied service to four people. And I think in every instance, they had made a request um, one or two days in advance. Mm -hmm. We asked members for a week's notice. And we sometimes were able to do more than that. Um, my current associate, uh, Jessica Hahn, uh, will get on the phone and kindly harass the next vo no volunteers or I, I don't mean harass um, encourage mm -hmm. provide opportunities for people if they're not responding and there's need out there she does that a lot so. how are we as a, a uh, tenant of your building Oh, no. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no problems that I know of. Good deal. That's you all know, we a need. Quiet tenant is always a great tenant. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, seems to have good relationships when we, you know, had our development specialist. So, yeah. yeah. No complaints. Also, that I might let you know. Okay. <laughs> I was just saying, I got to go into my sales mode for trail. Also, um, the the beauty of being a trail volunteer is that you can volunteer for the services you want to provide. So not all the volunteers are transportation volunteers. Some only, you know, do, I don't even remember, remember what the categories are, but you know, you can just be a, tra a volunteer transportation provider or you can just be, you know, a 
screw in the light bulb provider or a technology volunteer. Okay. So not all volunteers. And so that's what's nice about the, it's, it's a really flexible volunteer opportunity. And you can say no. I mean, if it, it doesn't work that week, then it's not like something you have to say, I'm gonna do this every Monday at you know 11 o'clock in the morning. It's all over the place and you can choose if you wanna do it or not. So it's nice that way. I had uh, a question inside, uh, like uh, Madeline uh, would probably, with medical problem, be able to ride seats. I think. I mean, I think anyone can ride seats. I, I believe. No, that's it's right. a long application I process. It takes thirty they days. Can, but, uh, oh yeah. In the city, uh, uh, well, it used to be uh, 75 and older was uh, frail elderly, but uh, I don't know if it is more. Yeah, I don't. I've forgotten that now too. I think I used to know those the, what it takes to be eligible, but um, I would say two for about three years until three months ago, the county's mobility coordinator was a member of our membership committee and, and referred a lot of people to, to membership and trail. So, what, what I've heard... Is uh, the thing uh, uh, like preventing you from doing it like uh, the cost or for turning back or $4 per ride? Is what preventing? Um, uh, uh, $4 per ride. Oh. The cost per ride to ride seats. Pardon? To ride seats, the cost, uh, the fare cost. Uh, you're concerned that. Yeah, yeah. Well, now it'll be free because they have to give equitable services to City of Iowa City Transit, so they'll be moving to free seats for Iowa City residents. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's. I mean, don't quote me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to figure it out how it's going to work um, with the technology they have. But um, so I run the North Liberty Transportation Assistance Program, so I'm very intertwined with transportation services in in Johnson County and Kelly and Kelly, the transportation. Uh, coordinator and I work together a lot so yeah it'll be really exciting to have free bus fare in, in Iowa City <laughs> but it takes about six four to six weeks to get enrolled in seats if you apply because you have to go through and have your doctor fill out forms there's a lengthy application process so not everybody gets access to it you can only get access to seats paratransit if you can't utilize the current circuitous like regular bus routes um, so yeah, county the, people yeah also. and the advantage of trail volunteer services i mean transportation services is that you literally can become a member of trail and like put in a request and like the next day get a ride and that person will pick you up and they will take you to the hospital for your doctor's appointment drop you off you know, they'll, you can text them when you get done and, or call them or just decide a, a, a pickup time and they'll be there to pick you up. So it's, it's door to door. Whereas like 
and it seats is a great program, but it, you have to schedule it really far in advance, and it's multiple multi stops, right? You might have be you know four people on the bus, and they go all over town and drop them off. So, just an advantage of the trail volunteers too. I mean, usually with the CEAS application, the long, it takes longer because of the doctors having to fill it out. But we've passed that step too. Sometimes you don't have to have the doctors fill it out either. Mm -hmm. um, we'll ask that the doctors fill it out. But sometimes it's not even really a requirement depending on what you answer on the application. And it, it doesn't take about six weeks. Usually when it gets mm -hmm. on my desk, I'm usually looking at it right away. <laughs> All right, well, heard it from the person, <laughs> the boss. Um, yeah, so. Are there other subsidies that people can get for membership outside of the supported membership, like through insurance or through any sort of? Uh, oh, yeah, we, we haven't, I don't, I don't know we've ever looked for that, but no, essentially no, um, yeah. If you have ideas, I'll take them though. <laughs> What is the cost of each level of membership? The affiliate membership uh, for an individual is $15 a month. You want to come and hang out, go to art galleries or mm -hmm. wine and cheese or whatever, that's $15 a month. For the full membership for an individual is $50 a month. And then um, for households, oh, good Lord, Susan saved me. I, I forgot what it is for individuals, um, for affiliate. I don't know. I don't hundred and Wait. $195 a year, I think, whatever that comes to a month. That sounds right. And then it's $780 a month for households, for full membership. Yeah. So. But the transportation's expensive. And we've done, we've done comparisons like, like the return on investment stuff. You know, the, the people at the 15 or 20 people that ask for yard work, they're getting a couple of months worth of value out of that, out of each request, I think. And transportation is, you know, and not compared to seats, clearly, but um, but th there's different elements to that too. I mean, like just, I think it does matter, you know, especially with with some folks who who have stopped driving or if they have a serious uh, medical illness that they can get into a car. Mm -hmm. Often people take the same folks and they develop, uh, you know, a little bit of a relationship with them. I mean, it's it's more comfortable, both. Um, physically and psychologically for, for folks to get into. And the thing that I like boasting about that with is just, that's not, a, that's not me, I didn't do that. But if I think of like one of our, our better volunteers and she was a founder or near founder too, Diana Lundell, and she's just the sweetest person in the world. You get into her car, it's like getting wrapped in, I don't know, velvet or something like that. It's just, it, and that, that is a, a common what what we can't sell but i think what i've encountered is real in social educational things and and from what we've heard uh, over and over again from members is that it's just there's a warmth and care of from trail volunteers that that i don't think a legitimately you know, cares a, a bus driver could provide mm -hmm. would be able to and you're not limited to specific hours either, where I find trouble, you know, finding trips for people outside of normal business hours. So that's a, that's a plus. Let me tell you, some of those early morning dialysis trips and you're trying to figure out something for someone. Permission um, for one last story. are hard to get, so yeah. We, we had one member who had created a relationship with a volunteer and they 
connected with one another about a outpatient treatment. So Joe, the member, got picked up by Jim, the volunteer. I have to remember these fake names. <laughs> Joe was dropped off at 5.45 a.m. for this procedure. And then Jim went home and waited for four hours. I mean, basically he put his day on hold and got a call to come and pick <coughs> up the, the member and took him home and then kind of inappropriately requested of the volunteer that he come into his home and shave his head, oh. which the volunteer did. Nice. Wow. Now that volunteer is one of our very best volunteers, so I didn't call him up and chew him out, but it's like <coughs> we're not going to advertise head shaving as a service we provide. Well, you and just told everybody who six, watches our music. Six, <laughs> six hours of volunteer service. I mean, basically that person put, out, put aside most of their day and what we're asking of volunteers is like a one to two hour commitment. And that was just way above and beyond. But I, I think the real point of that story isn't so much that we, we do need to have conversation with volunteers about what the limits are of service, but it's also just a testimony to a lot of kindness in the volunteers that we have. Do you still do the phone call checkups when people request? Oh, oh, oh. I forget the I forget the um, that was important during the phone pandemic. buddies because I don't regularly download the statistics for it. But we're averaging, I think, for more than a year, we've averaged a hundred what we call a phone buddy call. So yeah, that's that's another thirty to sixty minutes a month that some that some number of volunteers are doing, and that those statistics and that arrangement is done through our volunteer uh, committee. So that's why I forget about it. And silly, I shouldn't. I report on it to our board, but I just don't think of it top of mind. And I, I did the training on boarding thing once a long time before the pandemic, and it's really thorough, and I appreciated that. Um, yeah, so if, you, if anybody wants to volunteer, they can contact you. Yeah, sure. Anybody else have questions? Nope. Thanks, Mom. Thank Thanks you. for the update. All right, moving on to agenda item number five, operational overview. Latasha's gonna roll through the things that have happened last month and what's coming up. Okay, well, I'll bullet <laughs> for time purposes. Um, uh, just be aware that in the hallway here, there is our equity standard as well as their monthly. Um, we have a beautiful display. This one is really great that you can flip up and kind of see who the different people is. Thank you, Kristen. It looks really, really good. Um, so um, we're celebrating different things out there. So please check that board. That's for public and as well as commissioners to brag about. It looks great. Um, we are, we still have a couple of affinity groups and hopefully we'll develop some more. And what I mean by that is we have our, our queer elders group and uh, elders of color group going really, really well. I'm really excited. Um, about some potential community uh, connection meals that we'll be developing in partnership with the downtown district. Um, and um, so we'll get more information as we know, this is very new. <laughs> it's very new, but it's been in my head for about three years. Um, and since we're no longer a congregate site as of June, I'm just trying to find a way to kind of bring that lunch feel connection piece back into the building. So potentially reaching out to local businesses to see if they want to be the 
caterer that month or the sponsored caterer that month um, to help us to bring some of that lunchtime feel back into the building. Um, we have had the opportunity to continue to work with Easton Design and they're specifically helping us. Um, they helped us with our, our rebranding and so we're rebranding our annual report, which we haven't had one in a couple years, but um, it, it's been a part of the rebranding kind of craziness and we changed a lot of things on how we report. So we'll be able to take our staff photo hopefully <laughs> next week last time it looked a little dystopian outside so we decided not to take the picture out there because it was kind of grim um so <laughs> it got rescheduled so hopefully next week it'll be fine but i heard it's supposed to be hot so we're gonna smile fast and keep it moving um and um so we'll be able to get a really great report out that everyone can be able to access online and um a, a printable copy will be available here at the building we recently went through an extensive feasibility study um, and this is <laughs> the report back um, I'm not going to go through it in into too many details but I will say that um, we had about 25 or, or plus people were interviewed specifically talking about the senior center what we found was that uh, over 50% of the people were really excited about the exterior project of the renovation which was really interesting to us we were looking at you know, do we need to do a capital campaign um, to raise money to continue to do improvements on the building? And, um, you know, we got a yes and no answer there, which was interesting. But we definitely have people who want to contribute in some way to our renovation. Um, the exterior part of the building, thankfully, through some advocacy <laughs> as well as some, um, uh, some approvals, uh, we have the funds to, to pay for the exterior part of the building. Um, so you'll be able to, uh, so FYI, probably this fall, fingers crossed, and uh, next summer, probably going into the next fall, they'll be working on the building. So it's gonna be some a little dust. It's gonna be, you know, because it's an old building, so they gotta do some things out there. Um, so that'll be happening. We're really excited about that, and hopefully at the top of the year, we'll start talking about the interior renovation. So I'll be, you know, bringing some ideas to you all, inviting you all to some different meetings um, also my hope is to hire a firm hopefully here um, at the top of the year to do a pretty in in intensive strategic plan I really feel like we have a really strong mission and vision that's very clear that other people even our members and public can articulate but it's going to be more about like how do we continue to weave that idea or do we need to make tweaks to that to um, be able to carry out the future uh, rollout of what we want to do here at the senior center so really excited about that and I'll let you all know about that um, we have two programs that I think it's um, Oh, it's three things. I'm almost done. Uh, one is nights and weekends are returning. We are in the process right now of, I've got the approval for it, but it, it's a staffing thing. My hope is to hire two or three people to help us staff our nights and weekends. What that looks like, I'm not sure. I have a meeting tomorrow, um, but I'll be able to maybe bring something back next year. I'm looking at potentially, it might look like a September, October 
uh, situation um, when we get those going, but really excited about being able to bring that back. Um, so a couple extra hours in the evening, Monday through Thursday, a couple hours on Saturday, a couple hours on Sunday. So looking forward to that and bringing more people back into the building that like to use those hours um, that are working or just don't want to come in here during the day. I get it, I understand, you know. You know, each own. I work out at night. I'm one of those people, so I get it. Um, and then um, we have two programs that assist people with paying for. I just wanted to say this publicly. I've said it before, but just a reminder we have one program that's currently right now working as a Renew Active, and it's a part of folks' Medicare plan, a part of their health insurance. Yeah, it's a United Healthcare uh, yes. member benefit for not all of their many options, but it's certain, one of them. Certain um, certain plans have that benefit. Yes. So if you know people who have United Healthcare, they can get a free membership here at the Senior Center. Um, we just ask that they check in. And that's just a part of how the health benefit works so that way that we get reimbursed for that from the health insurance people which we're paying for instead of having to worry about it from uh, their pocket so um, we have that option as well as we recently got approval as in IE today <laughs> that we can move forward on silver sneakers which will be an uh, opportunity here for folks who have insurance to have silver sneakers to kind of figure out we haven't figured out the pieces okay but not at all but we're, we're hoping that that program will allow us to have free membership for folks who qualify for silver sneakers regardless of where they live. Um, but we just got to look at that and it probably will be a check-in. Um, it's like the Renew Active as well. So we got to figure those pieces out because we want to make sure that it's going to be at least the same price because as you all know, if you're Iowa City resident, it's only $40 a year or it's $10 if you're um, uh, low-income senior. So, or if you ain't got it, let me know, okay? <laughs> we are not trying to prevent anybody from having access to the building. Um, and uh, we're also hoping that with our work with Easton, I'm sorry, I'm a little all over the place, that we'll be able to advertise a little better about our rentable spaces. I'm really excited this, this Friday, there's gonna be a fashion show here. Um, and I've been kind of coming in and peeking um, during the last couple times they've been here. So I'm really excited to bring my kids to watch the fashion show. So I'm just, excited about seeing other people use our building innovatively and differently than it's been used in the past. And so that's very helpful for us on, on a rental um, or you know other ways of, of connecting. These are all younger folks, folks of color that are doing this fashion show. So I think it's, it brings in a different mixture of people into the building, as well as we have some really great partnerships coming up with, um, with Hancher. So just trying to continue to build out into the community. Um, I'm looking Looking for opportunities to present at other groups publicly so if anyone wants me to come and do a little song and a dance probably more of a song and less of a dance then um, I'm willing to come out and talk about the Senior Center and rally the troops um, because there's some really great things coming up as well as I should I mention ambassador thing I know I'm rambling so one other pro 
program that we have been talking about for ages, feels like, but that we're finally going to start implementing probably here soon. It's called the Senior Center Ambassadors Program. And this is a program of volunteers who will specifically be able to do things like um, be a host on the third floor. So when people are coming in and trying to navigate the building, they'll specifically be able to give direction. They'll provide tours, help us with welcoming people, et cetera. So they'll get a badge. That's our fingers crossed. We hope that we, they get a badge that they'll be senior center ambassadors for us and be able to talk about the senior center for us. So if any of our commissioners are interested in being ambassadors, which it makes so much sense as commissioners that you would want to be an ambassador because that's what city council's kind of asked you to be, um, that you all would, if you have time, be willing to volunteer an hour or two or whenever you're available to just come over and, and help us out. Maybe it's a weekend, whatever works for you. But uh, we'll figure those pieces out. These are all things that are working. So mm -hmm. just know that in, in between all the mandatory things like this crazy study we're doing the entire city, uh, where we are um, working on these other projects. We're really excited about the, the forecast of where services are going. And just, you know, we saw that elders of color group go from about 10 to 15, and we're hoping next month it's 20 in it, and growing as people have wanted to see more folks of color utilizing the building. So just really excited about what's happening there and some of their their plans and et cetera. I just, I just so happen to be in there. That I, you know, I'm trying to help coordinate a little bit, me and Kristen, but like, I don't get to be in a lot of the other groups, but just really excited about what, what's happening there, what's happening here in the building. All right, I'm done. What time is the fashion show tomorrow? I think it's like five to six is like social, and I think the show starts at six or 6.30, one of those two. I think it's in our program guide, so I have to look. It's definitely in a program guide, but I'm really excited because the, it's, the clothing line is called Irma to Yvonne, and actually the, the, the fashion, designer that's doing it she was in my girls group from seventh grade through 12th grade and so I've known her a very long time and so was really honored that she wanted to use the senior center and I told her I'm like don't embarrass me she's like I would never <laughs> so I'm really excited about her work and how she is creative and it's it's a great idea just using like things from thrift stores and create you know it's like a sustainability thing right it's like using things that people are giving away and being able to create fashion from it it's just it's smart and um, I, you know that's the future right like really thinking about how we do that so anyways I'm excited about it I'm gonna definitely be here and popping my fingers and enjoying my myself so I hope you all will join um, and yeah that's the nice kind of stuff you can do when you're open in the evenings for a couple hours like yeah. people like Tasha and I work during yeah. the day and yeah. we don't get to enjoy and so maybe Me people either. can hold meetings here <laughs> I mean you're here yeah I'm here <laughs> but I'm not out here yeah so yeah, I, I'm excited at the possibilities to engage all kinds of generations. Yes, yes. Building, so. That's also my hope is to do a wellness certificate program for the community and do some fit over 40 as a recruitment for future. But again, I have a, you have a dream lot work list of things that I wanna do. Well, Give me a year, I'll get some of it done. And I want to take a moment to remind the public who's watching our meeting, you know, because everybody sits and waits for this meeting every month, that the staff here at the Senior Center is very small. So the fact that you guys are expanding hours, I know you're going to hire people, but that's just brave. Yes. I feel like with as few people who run the hours that we have now. <laughs> we definitely are like, being creative <sighs> about how we. Yes. 
are gonna do that do i have the full answer nope <laughs> is it gonna happen yep thank you very much for making that work because i know that was like a response on it, your it, surveys it's right a, it's, it's a response hours. from the community yeah. and so um, I am definitely appreciative of the opportunity to do it because we need it. It's not like a want, it's a need. And so we're glad to be able to provide equitable services across our programming that, you know, across the library and Parks and Rec to be able to provide that here at the Senior Center again. We've had it before, but it was important to me that it's staffed with actual staff and not just our student employ employees. So um, too much can happen. And so it was really important. A lot of the times people can think that the government like surveys them to death, but you know, we do take the answers and we do things with them because you don't, sometimes you don't know that something's a problem until somebody tells you. I mean, we're all in the weeds of things like approving applications and budget and you know, RFPs. And so if we don't know there's an issue, we can't fix it. So surveys. Yeah, or an easy way of saying, hey, but look, also know 80 that the answer in government never comes quickly. It's a, yeah. so, <laughs> don't quick. so don't expect a quick turnaround. <laughs> Unless there's funding for it somewhere yeah. that's just hanging out there waiting to be plucked. There, it's not going to happen quick. <laughs> it takes a long time. We've been working on Fun renovation money. of this building yes. since 2019. Yes. So. I, the whole time I've been on this commission, yes. it's been a long time. All right, thank you. You want to take off? <laughs> I know you're like... I keep going. Okay. Thanks for coming, Bob. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bob. Um, moving on to the commission discussion items. So senior center master plan. Do we have any updates at this? I mean, you gave us a Yeah, it's just right now we're in the, the pieces of, you know, um, getting close to construction and figuring out those pieces. So. Awesome. Um, so last month, people had talked about um, some sustainability things that they proposed. We couldn't really have a really dense discussion of sustainability ideas because it wasn't a thing on the agenda. We can't, we, we're kind of limited to what's on the agenda listed out. So um, somebody had had mentioned, maybe we should put it on the agenda this month, sustainability ideas for this building, for the processes here, um, you know, things like somebody had thrown out you know, solar panels for the roof. Um, so this is an opportunity for you to kind of mention something and to have a conversation about it. I didn't really have a planned presentation or anything, but it's open, open discussion. Good. I was at uh, breakfast this morning with a, a bunch of gray hairs. Mentioned that I was on the Senior Center Commission and if they had any ideas to just let me know. So I got three. One is uh, square dancing. Another was, for instance, maybe bus trips to Amana for a meal. Another person suggested political presentations of some kind or another. I didn't know if that would go or not, but those are the suggestions that I received. Great. Any other commentary under this agenda item? Uh, 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 um, uh, are we supposed to be talking about sustainability? Okay. Oh, I want to add something to the agenda. Okay. Okay. But I'll do the 
whenever the right time. Okay, so since sustainability ideas are exhausted, um, we'll just move on to. I think Jay has some. Oh. Yeah, we oh. talked last yes. month about some, it was just kind of a, of a fluke. Was it you, Lee, or somebody said, let's have a pool and a garden on top? And I said, well, maybe some kind of a green roof idea might be good, you know, and that might be simpler rather than an elaborate garden or something, and I don't know if that's uh, maybe something that could be talked to the developers about. But then I was just having another thought about solar. Um, uh, if it's not feasible for our roof here, I wonder if, you know, if solar could be considered for this, there's a, several city buildings right downtown here, and there's a couple of empty lots and things, so I just wonder if if uh, a proposal could come from us to the broader city government to say, well, why don't you have some kind of a urban uh, solar farm or, mm -hmm. or something like that, you know? Um, anyway, those are just a couple of, couple of thoughts along those lines, and, but yeah, I, I sort of think whatever sustainable we can, pull off in as far as renovations and mm -hmm. and things go and as far as uh, ongoing uh, development it's certainly going to be important to have more shade more trees I know there's limited space around the block here but uh, we need to be thinking of you know we're going to be doing the uh, the city's going to be doing this uh, spot the hot uh, mm -hmm. program this um, coming Saturday I think and people are going to be driving around town measuring the temperature at different places. I'm sure downtown is going to be one of those certain areas of downtown is going to be uh, hot spots. Mm -hmm. So anyway, if there's a way that we can be a part of the team to contribute to those things, I, I would sure. advocate for that. Absolutely. I, I think um, we definitely, as part of the overall city plan, is to, you know, be as sustainable as possible when specifically looking at this building and we went into it with our um, with our architectural firms was looking at how we could specifically reduce emissions and that we can become more sustainable. So we did specifically look at a solar um, option. Unfortunately, our rooftop will not allow for that. We've talked about that. And also what what was suggested, the only thing that we could come up for, for solar for the senior center in particular, would have cost millions of dollars because we would have had to dig underground and put a solar farm out further in the city somewhere just to get it to come back to the building. So we're like, hmm, <laughs> like we have a limited amount. So it wasn't that we, so our, our goal is to reduce emissions, I think was it? 40% or something. We're trying to get under a certain number. So what? that's why we're changing our HVAC system and different things like that so that we can reduce. And you know, our building, a lot of that lobby is plaster and stone and brick. So we're trying to figure out other ways. So this is not turning you down. We definitely will um, bring up these different items, but I want you all to know that as a part of our renovation project, we did specifically and are continuing to look at, even if it's just, you know, shades on the windows or, or you know, to keep down the cost of AC or different things like that. So we, we, we know that we have to as a part of the city council's strategic plan, as well as there's a sustainability department that is going to, you know, make sure to 
we're doing that but that's great ideas and um, if there's other things that we can do uh, a small thing project that we're doing is uh, what's that that we're uh, composting so we've started a small composting project here and we hope to also expand that um, you know some you know some of the other small things that we're trying to do so we we're definitely aware of sustainability it's really important it's important to me personally so like we want to do that for sure um, but thank you for those um, Kristen has a note of it and we'll make sure that we I'll speak with the city manager about some of these ideas. And right. some of the things you suggested, Lee, are definitely feasible. It might take some partnerships, but definitely feasible. Was there any consideration on solar on the adjacent uh, parking ramp as a roof and <sighs> pipe over? Uh, oh. Now, that part I don't know. I don't know that part, but I, I'm pretty sure in somewhere there's probably some kind of report about it. Um, I would reach out to the sustainability office here at the city and they might know the answer to the different bu buildings that have been looked at specifically for that, but I couldn't tell you that. What's nice about the city of Iowa City is the government has really invested staff time into sustainability so they have a whole office that tackles this stuff um, so she doesn't have to be an expert at it because she can call the experts at the city sustainability office um, yeah and they will come and I know <laughs> they're I know, very like serious the green roof we mentioned last time but I think the access to the roof is very limited it's yeah. like a it's ladder a, it's a ladder to get to the roof and when I worked at Johnson County we built the um, ambulance and medical examiners building and it had a green roof and the maintenance for it is pretty hefty and their green roof is like flat and it um, it's like the same level, like you can walk out onto their green roof portion to maintain it, so it's pretty easy to access. Yeah. I think that was like a big awesome. thing is to maintain it. Well, we gotta figure it out, right? Yeah. We gotta figure out sustainability, you know. This is not making an excuse. This is like a, yep, we absolutely gotta figure that out because it's important. I mean, I got little people. I want them to be able to, you know, enjoy Earth too, so. Um, definitely on my mind so if you all see things around the building that we can we try to use a lot of you know green options when we're doing meals and different things like that so but if you see other things that we can improve on or something let us know uh, write us a note we have comment cards and we'll we'll try to do our best to respond that's a good thing about it it's a, I see it as a whole village conversation yeah. so um, and I'm glad to uh, hopefully know that we're, we're, we're a part of that conversation too. Absolutely. Do you think, Jay, we should get the somebody from the sustainability office to come talk to us about That'd it? That'd be a good idea. That'd be yeah. nice. Mm -hmm. Or like re recycling, future, I know they do future a lot of item, stuff sure. too. So maybe that's something we can ask them if they'd come to an upcoming meeting. Yeah, or like the, you know, we have that green AmeriCorps team too. Ah. That's yeah. amazing. They come, they'll change light bulbs and do all kinds of stuff, yep. I wish I had that resource. <laughs> That's nice. How, um, uh, and do we have any influence over our ecumenical dollars? 
Unfortunately, we don't. I think Ecumenical Towers overall is run out of a, a corporation out of Minnesota. Oh. So, um, yeah, like w they have local people that work there, but the, it's a corporation out of Minnesota. So, I mean, I think, you know, if we send a note or something, but I don't know how far it would go. Hmm. Yeah, that would have to be something that the residents would have to push over there. All right, we're, if we're done with that, we'll move on to commissioner's report of community correspondence. So this is our opportunity to mention things. Um, we can't really have a full discussion amongst our members of the things that are mentioned, but you can make announcements, suggestions that you've heard from the community for sure. I would uh, love uh, a designated bus stop for the senior center, like uh, across the street, that bus goes down there anyway. <laughs> so it wouldn't take much for them to stop. Mm. Oh, by the on the Washington Street door? Yeah. I have a little, Tasha might know about this too. I'd love to shoot. So <laughs> I'm, I'm uncertain, <laughs> I don't wanna speak over it. I know I've spoken um, with uh, the parking department about that in the past and we've, we've talked about it um, before. So when they did the, the routes, we did we, redid the routes um, was it last year, last year. yeah um, they did a big study and unfortunately the Washington Street corner at Gilbert Street is too tight of a corner for the 40-foot buses to turn there and well, come up this way <laughs> yeah so they when they come down from um, the opposite direction they are not making the turn there the turn going outbound is okay but the the turn that they would have to make coming inbound well, is a problem, is my understanding. Also, you mean it instead of the stop this right here on the bus stop right here on the corner, you're saying they should do a second secondary stop right across the street and they and then people oh, would they have well, to walk across the street? People I knew were catching uh, bus by the mall. Oh yeah, if it's going a different direction, that it seems like only a few buses, and they're outbound going east. So if people are going west, then they probably do have to walk up to the Pentecrest area. Yeah, so th those buses that are coming down, they're going east, they're going Court Hill, going out towards like City High, that kind of uh, direction, Towncrest, I don't know what the new names are now, because they ain't real, okay. <laughs> but they're going out to that area. So um, I don't know if they could put a bus stop right there. If so, we would have, the issue would be um, crossing the street. Mm -hmm. Like they would still have to walk back up to the corner to cross. Because there's one right directly here, kind of corner to here, mm -hmm. um, which is the, we call it the library stop. But then we have one right here on Gilbert. So if you're thinking of putting one in between there, then that's something we can discuss. Yeah. But again, the question would be crossing over from that space. Yeah, we would have to make it a 
but I don't know how much. It might be, I don't know, we, we can ask, but I just know that it's already a crosswalk. It's gonna be about 15 or 20, wait, maybe like 40 feet from there already. So do we wanna do two crosswalks that close together? Right. That might be an issue with streets and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So there is a stop at Lynn and uh, yeah. Washington. Lynn and Washington right here on the corner. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's just going one way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the downtown shuttle goes by there, what, every 15 minutes every or 15 so? Every 15 when school is in mm -hmm. session, yeah. So you can get it one way, mm -hmm. but not you, for the other way, you have to walk back uptown, I guess. Yeah, you got to walk two blocks. The street is too, this street is too narrow to have both buses going side by side like that. So we only do it the one way. Maybe it'd be a nice you mean the one right here on the corner there's a bench right there mm-hmm it's a bench. I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe one day if I see you out there, you can point it and let me know. We can schedule something and oh, you can show me. I, I uh, don't ride the bus myself, but I ride seats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, seats has the ability to drop off right at the door. But the closest bus stop to us is right here by the building, the corner of the building. And then people have to walk, like, I guess half a block or so to get to the door. Uh, that's not bad. Well, we can look into it. I mean, it's, it's an ongoing conversation. So, you know, we're not turning any suggestions away. We'll look into it and if we're not able to, you know. You got to understand, in the government, it took eight departments to put in three bike racks, okay? And that took me two years to get the bike rack. Maybe four. I think it was like four years to get three bike racks. <laughs> so, so you know what I'm saying. So it it, it it's not a it's never a, a straightforward easy answer. There's multiple pieces that go into it. You know, streets. Then there's people that do sidewalks. And then there's permits. And then there's who's got the. It's it gets complicated quick, but it's not impossible. I'm just saying it might take a little time. It might take a little research. There's the technology, adding all that into the bus, and then you're going to be late to the next stop, and then infrastructure. Yeah, and, and yeah. Updating all the documents. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Government and workers have learned to be very patient, even though we're very impatient. <laughs> And so we've we talked a lot in the last, I, not maybe this group, but the other groups before about getting people getting to and from the senior center and not liking to drive in the winter. And how do you get here if you don't like to drive? Or how do you get here? How do you park if you don't like parking ramps? Or if you can't drive anymore because there's a point in someone's life where they'll stop driving. Like, so... Yes, how do we get people here safely and in a way that's efficient and fast enough for them to make, make it worth their time to come down here? You know, so changing a little bit of a bus stop might be, might help some people justify mm. their trip down here, so. We'll ask questions. Yes. Okay, so anybody else have anything that they'd like to 
mention to the group that maybe we could talk in full next time. Okay, so we'll move on to future agenda items. I know we talked about calling out sustainability department and seeing if they'd come at some point. It doesn't have to be next meeting because that's fast, but um, yeah. I like those people. They're very innovative, interesting stuff that they I think the on. things that you mentioned, Lee, were like more program ideas and those might be good to give to Michelle. Yeah. You know, you talked about political discussions and I forget what else it was, but you had three and a mana trip and something else. Square dancing. Square dancing. Oh, we square have dancing. square dancing, don't we? The, uh, there's contra dancing, which is not exactly square dancing, but similar. Um, what that kind meets of over at the rec center. Contra. Oh, contra. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, are you trying to say country? But I got you, contra. <laughs> uh, so this is the rec center um, monthly. Soul and Senior Advocates used to do bus trips when Sandy was running the show there, and they were popular. Very. Very popular. Day, day trips out to locations around Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> They'd always stop, I think, at the casino on their way back or something, something. like that. There was something. always like. There was always something. Was Some always food involved. There was always something. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, we have a trip for the Colonel's game, so it's not impossible. You know, so it's possible. We just. We're getting there. You gotta get, yeah, people registered so you can afford the bus and then the yeah. bus and making sure it's fully accessible, you know, everywhere you're There's going. There's lots of pieces, but not impossible. Not impossible, but it's a lot of, a lot of background work, so. Again, small staff. <laughs> okay, any other future agenda items? If not, we're gonna adjourn at 5.13 p.m. There we go. Ooh. Thanks, boom.